So normally we try to start the show with some sort of like clever quip or something like that. I think just to address we're a football podcast, but obviously um, storyline across football is what happened to Demar Hamlin on Monday night. Um, obviously, I mean, what our well wishes do is not much, but um, I, just a horrible situation there in Cincinnati on Monday night. Yeah, um, surreal. Uh, you and I were watching it yes. together. and Which does not happen. No. Like, you and I don't watch football together. No. And, of course, the one football game we decided to watch, that just unbelievable. Um, again, as Josh said, nothing we can do but wish the best to DeMar and his family, um, teammates, everybody that involved. Uh, you got to give credit to the medical personnel on hand in Cincinnati for being able to handle a situation like that. I'm sure, you know, they were not expecting to have to deal with something like that. Uh, But just not something you thought was ever going to happen. Uh, And, you know, there's a lot of different ways to take this. But it's just really difficult to talk about football after something like that. But that's, you know, that's what we do. We're going to do that to the best of our ability. This is in no way, shape, or form. Um, Not, you know, we're being very much so thinking of that situation and being thoughtful of it. Right, and and, and I think, so there, there's a couple of different things. Number one, amidst all the negativity and the horrendous situation, you saw the beautiful side of what sport can do on the field that brought those players together. Number two, with his charity. Right. That, that legitimately raised $5 million in the last two days. Right. And, and it's one of those things where I, I don't know if that happens outside of sport. Right. I, and you look at the whole situation, and, and like you just said, we're, we're going to talk football. I we, we talk football on this podcast. That's what we do. Um, and in talking football, you know, in no way are any – nothing gets, ev- gets ev- elevated above human life. Right, exactly. And, and obviously – um, that that's the priority with all of this, and you know I think it reopens the conversation on players' mental health. It opens the conversation on you know what value do we as people put on sport versus the people who provide the sport. Aaron Rodgers was on Pat McAfee, and, and he he alluded to the fact that they are the modern day gladiators, and, and I think so often we as fans can take away the human aspect of it. That, oh, well, these are football. No, they're human beings. Right. And and that's so important. And and whether it's at, you know, a local high school game that you go to, these are human beings that are participating in, officiating in, and and administering these games. And, And, you know, hopefully everyone can kind of take a step back right from the... Us versus you mentality 
to more adopt a, hey, this is sport, this is collective, it's supposed to bring out the best. And, and I think even amidst this horrible situation, we did see the best get brought out in people. Yeah. I, outside I, of a few. Outside of a few people who. In the media. Just put your phones away. Like in situations like that, put your phones away. Yeah. And, and again, it, it was kind of like you and I, when we were sitting there on Monday, like what, what more were those guys supposed to say on the broadcast, which, which Buck and Aikman and the whole ESPN crew, SVP. they were unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Yeah. But like you and I were saying, like how much more can you actually say? It's a horrible situation. You send your best wishes. So what we are going to do is we're going to now transition to talk about football. Um, there's no good way to transfer in to talking about football. But we're going to talk about football because there were some huge, huge storylines uh, from week 17. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to start with one that... To me, decide, gave more of a clear dis, description of this playoff picture. A team that we call a wild card. A team that was playing really good football on the defensive side of the ball and just enough on the offensive side of the ball that we thought was going to be in the playoff picture. And that's the Washington Commanders. Okay, Ron Rivera makes the decision to switch back to Carson Wentz from... Taylor Heineke. And I watched bits and pieces of it. I watched highlights. Did not look like the same Washington Washington Commanders team we had been seeing in weeks past. I don't I think Ron Rivera lost the locker room by making that decision. I feel like Taylor Heineke is a locker room guy. I think he's a football guy that is someone that's a leader on the field. He might not be the most talented, but he gets the job done. He produced for his team. He got his team into the playoff picture to only get benched. And I said this last week, Josh, I really thought that Ron Rivera's hands were tied by front office ownership. Hey, we just paid Carson Wentz a boatload of money. We have to have him on the football field or we're going to look like idiots. Well, now, after you have now played yourself out of the playoffs, you are dead. You are no chance of making it into the playoffs. Well, you, Who is to blame? You look, Carson Wentz lost four out of his last five starts. In those, the, their only win was against the Bears, where he went 12 of 22 for 99 yards. He, Does that even count? He went, you know, you look in their loss to the Niners on Christmas Eve. He went 12 of 16 for a touchdown. That gave... I. It, it was one of those moves that seemed to be a panic move. Yeah, I would but, agree. And then what gets me a little bit was at his post game when they said, hey, like, do you regret this decision now looking back? 
with the reality that you could be eliminated from the playoffs. And he didn't know it. He, he almost didn't even know. And you look, this game was so important for Washington. And, and I think this speaks to the, the culture there. In a stadium that seats 67,000 people, you only had 50,000 show up. You, you had at least 17,000 empty seats in what was a playoff game for them. Right. I mean, all, all they held their own destiny in their hands. If the Commanders won out, they're in. And it was a move that you and I questioned. The I, Carson Wentz is Carson Wentz is Carson Wentz. He has never been that guy. Polish a turd, it's still a turd. And I think we saw that a little bit on Sunday. And so now... Looking more into this, now teams that have played themselves into the playoff picture in the NFC side. Seattle, what can we not just talk about what a story it is that Seattle is playing a meaningful Week 18 game when we wrote them off in the beginning of the yeah. season? And, you know, I again, I think my favorite, I want a t-shirt. Of the Geno Smith quote, they wrote me off. I didn't write back, though. That's a fantastic quote. Because we everybody did. They wrote off Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. And now, all of a sudden, you have an opportunity to be in this playoff picture. Granted, you need some help. Yeah. Um, which, to me... I'm confused with the decision... To play the Seattle Rams game at 325, if Seattle wins, Detroit has nothing to play for. They're out. Yeah, but he, and if it were anybody else besides a Dan Campbell coach team, I would, okay, but the Lions, even if they're out, they're, they, they will play spoiler. Yeah. That, and, and I think that. You also have to look a little bit on, yeah, I mean, yes, the, I think what the NFL is counting on or is maybe hoping for is for the Rams to pull one off and then no matter what, it's a play. Sunday night is winning in. Yeah, that's why I was waiting for, to me, it would have made more sense to flip-flop the Saturday matchups. And the Sunday matchups. Yeah. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, I, and how much does that three-game skid that loss to Carolina looms huge? The loss to Atlanta looms huge. The loss to New Orleans. Right. Like some of these losses. I mean, so out of the Seahawks, eight losses. They have a four-point loss, a seven-point loss, a five-point loss, a six-point loss, a six-point loss, an eight-point loss. Right. They're in every single football game. I mean, game. you one look possession. at that, and it's, hey, it's one possession. It's, you know, not falling asleep. You gave up four touchdowns to Taysom Hill. I mean, like, you look at all of these different situations, and how much, how many times this year 
Have you looked at an NFL team and said, hey, like you you can't just go with the, oh, well, it's just one game and move on mentality because one game's going to be the difference in these playoffs. Right. And so, you know, you look on the other side of the NFC coin. I, what what are the, the Eagles have to play Jalen Hurts on Sunday? Right. I mean, they, they have to. So, I mean, you have obviously the play and stuff, which we'll get in more to with the rivalry roundtable. But, I mean, the Eagles now, that you got to start asking questions right. about this Eagles team. Now, again, Garner Minshew versus Jalen Hurts. That, that's a big difference. Right. And so, I don't think anyone's going to sit here and say like, oh, well, you know... The, You've taken away an MVP candidate in Jalen Hurts. Right. The side that worries me, and we said it last week, and we'll say it again, this defense is not looking quite like they have throughout the year. Yeah, and I think this is not the time of year you want to skid. No. Going into the playoffs, you want to be playing your best football. The two in my mind, two of the top three teams in the NFC are not looking very good. And if I am a sixth or seventh seed that might have... I'm not as worried as I was three weeks ago. Minnesota looks like dog water. Yeah. Philadelphia looks like dog water. Yeah, and I think like the only downside to that right now... I think the current two seed in the NFC is the best team in the NFC right now. Right. I would agree with you 100%. I mean, and you're looking at that two seed being a team who hasn't lost since October. So, I right now, in the NFC, I think it's the 49ers, and I think it's kind of everybody else in the NFC. It, it's looking like you might get your wish. Because you said if Aaron Rodgers makes the playoffs, you want him to go to San Francisco and get demolished. Like, that that's what you want to happen. And it's looking like that might happen. I mean, the thing is, too, that Philly for two straight weeks has had a chance to... Here, it's not a guarantee that the Eagles even win that division now. Well, and here's... Here, there's a real world where San Francisco could get the number one overall seed Correct. now. I mean, if Dallas beats... The Commanders and the Eagles lose to the Giants, which is entirely possible. The Cowboys win that division. And then all of a sudden, you have the Cowboys as the one, the Eagles fall all the way to the five, and then the Eagles have to go to Tampa Bay. And I don't want to have to play Tom Brady in Tampa First round of the playoffs. Again, this would be a rematch of last year's first round playoff game for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yep. When it was, oh, well, we're just, you know, we're just happy to be here. When there was young Jalen Hurts, he was learning the system. You're not just happy to be here anymore. Now, all of a sudden, could this be one of the biggest collapses in NFL history when it comes to... All the Eagles really had to do was win one of these last three weeks. Yeah. Now they lock in the one seed. And now, and here's the other part too. Now you can't rest anybody. No. Nope. And you got to play a full game. Yep. And I think 
that there was no other team in football that needed a break than the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, now, you know, we that's what we're here to do. Look at scenarios. What Now, if the Eagles do not win the division and they lose it to Dallas, I am telling you right now, Josh, the Eagles are losing to Tampa Bay in the Absolutely. first round. And, they and, are losing to Tampa Bay. And basically, in the NFC, what you're looking at is more than likely the winner of or that the winner of the NFC East is either going to be the one or the two. Like th- those are the only scenarios. Right. Minnesota. Are we ready to bring out the fraud label? Well, I think one of the biggest things that we saw, and I don't know if you want to save this for the roundtable or not, but this is pertaining more to the the Vikings. Yeah, we'll we'll look more at the Vikings right now. I think one of the biggest things that people aren't talking about in that football game was the fact that the Vikings lost their center and their backup center. And you don't know how long they're going to be out. And now, all of a sudden, you saw what happened. On the road, silent count, cannot figure it out. Nope. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't run the ball. Now you become one dimensional. And and did Jair Alexander give a blueprint? Hey, this is how you stop. On how you stop. You get physical. Because and it wasn't just, okay, they weren't like the passes were off. They couldn't even get the ball to him. And I think to getting into his head and taking him out of the game. I've never seen that like at least this year, that Viking team looked like that. No, it was an all systems failure. Now, I've, granted, I, two of those picks were probably on the fact that the lineman situation was the way it was because they were on balls that were deflected right at the line. So there's that. But I could not believe how ineffective Dalvin Cook was. And you and I talked Monday when Jair hit the gritty in the first quarter. I'm like. Yes, this is not going to end well. But it was every single time that, and if you watch. Now, were the Packers kind of playing with a little bit of an edge? Absolutely they were. And every single play, they were just in Jair or in Justin's ear. Right. The whole time. The whole time. But And now again, you look at the four losses for the Vikings this year. Christian, let's see who the Vikings' four losses are to. The Eagles, 24-7. The Cowboys, 40-3. The Lions, 34-23. And the Packers, 41-17. Most of these games... Now, I am going to say something, Josh. You look at the game after the Lions game. If you don't play an absolute Dog water of a team. That's the the word of the week. Yep. Dog water. If you don't play an absolute dog water Mike, of a team, they were the, down thirty one points. You were down thirty one to nothing against the Indianapolis thirty one to three against the Indianapolis Colts. That's another game that you lose. Mm-hmm. You should have lost to the Giants. This is what I'm saying. The last four weeks, we have seen inconsistent play from the Minnesota Vikings. Now, good for them, the fact that they get a get-right game on Sunday afternoon in Chicago. You're going to get to play Nathan Peterman. 
really, though, the Vikings have nothing to play for well, at this and, point. And here, here's the thing with the Vikings. Let's go all the way back to their loss at Dallas when they got beat 40-3. to Against the Patriots the next week. They're down 10 going into the fourth quarter. Come back and win that one. Jets. They struggled against the Jets. At one point had a 20-3 lead. 127-22. After the Jets, they got beat by the Lions. And then that's where we pick up. So since that loss to the Cowboys, I just, I don't know. I, I look at this team... If they have to play in any sort of elements at all, if they're playing a physical football team at all, like nothing on here impresses me. No. They, they have one good win the whole year. Right. And that was their win in Buffalo. I just, I'm not, if I'm the Giants, yeah, I want another shot at them. Right. I mean, you just played them. Right. Tough. And it took a 62-yard field goal to beat them. Right. So, if I'm the Vikings, I I got a whole lot of introspection to do in these next two weeks. Because you got absolutely punked on Sunday by the Packers. Yes, I hate them. I can't stand them. I'm trying to be as unbiased with this as possible. They got punked Sunday. Right. Absolutely pumped. In every aspect of the game, they got dominated. So here's here's what I'm thinking if I'm the Minnesota Vikings. You're not... There's a very slim chance that you get a two seed. Now. Because you need San Francisco and Philadelphia to lose. Because if Philadelphia loses, and even if Philadelphia loses, and you win, you still get a three seed. Yep. Okay? So... For them to get the two, they would need the 49ers and the Vikings to lose. Or, sorry, the 49ers and the Eagles would need to lose. Is the only way that they could get the two seed. That's not going to happen. Not with the Cardinals' and current situation. So, so this is what I'm saying. Very slim chance that you jump to the two seed. And by the way, Josh, if you do secure the two seed, you got the Packers coming in possibly, or the Lions coming in possibly, who both have already beaten you. Would you rather, if you're Minnesota, just sit your guys this week? Take the three and play the Giants? Yeah, I mean, Honestly. And that that's what you all... that That's the thing about this NFC playoff picture that's... Well, by the way, Josh, even if they sit their guys, they're going to win this week. Yeah, I mean, probably. But, that's what I mean. If you're Minnesota, I sit, I sit Justin Jefferson, I sit Dalvin Cook, and I sit um, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, and, and I think so much of this... Hinges on everything else going right yeah. for them. And it's it's one of those situations where... But they did it, again... You did it to yourself. Right. So, looking at the 
as we just said, these matchups. If you're Minnesota, to me, right now, the best place for them would be that three seed. You don't want to play an individual opponent in the first round. No. I don't care if it's at home or not. You do not want to play the Lions or the Packers for the third time this season. You don't. You do not want that to occur. So, again, that's my you know assessment of the situation. If I'm Minnesota, I sit those top three guys. I sit your guys on a couple guys on defense. If guys are banged up, rule them out. Roll with where I'm at in the three seed line. And roll against the Giants in the first round. Because you're going to get the Giants in the first round. It, the Giants are locked into the sixth Yeah, and, and I mean, there is a very real world here. Where we are looking at the 49ers as the one. The Eagles as the two. The Vikings as the three. Minnesota as the... Or, um, Tampa Bay is the four. Tampa Bay is the four. Which then would set up a rematch... Of week one, Tampa Dallas. Right. And here's the thing if I'm the Eagles at this point, Green Bay played the Eagles tough. Yeah. On that Monday night. And that was before the Packers got healthy. I mean, that that, that was a 40 33 game. Played them tight all the way down. So I think this week is more important. For Philadelphia than it is any team. Yes. You have to win this week. Yes. Which all of a sudden has completely 360'd from what we had said previously. Where we thought Philly was going to walk into the one seed. Yep. Now all of a sudden. Well, you had to get healthy. Like, not just you don't want to have to try to play the Packers again. To get healthy. To give Jalen a week off. Two. You would get two weeks off because you're going to get this week off, week 18, and the week of the first round games. Yeah, it's shit. The NFC, the the top part, I mean, is it fair to say that as of right now, if the Packers, the Giants, and the Cowboys are the wild card, probably the three wild card teams would be just as hot as, you know, at least three out of the four division winners? Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, like you look at that, which just creates a crazy wild card weekend. Yeah. If you come over to the AFC side, there's problems. Th- and this is, again, where we're trying to not be insensitive with how we're talking about this. Because obviously the NFL did the right thing in postponing the game. However, what the problem comes in? What is going to happen? What, what? How do we solve the fact that if Buffalo were to win, they go to thirteen and three? If Kansas City were to win, they go to fourteen and three. How do you? How do you? Right. How do how do you rectify that? Now let's go. Number two. If Cincinnati wins, Buffalo loses. They both end at twelve and four. Cincinnati's the two. 
Buffalo's the three. There's just so many questions that go unanswered. And again, I do I, <laughs> what are the answers? Right. I, you have a team whose priority should, like, even now, it's Wednesday. You have to play in just over 72 hours. Like, that's just the facts. You have to play and be ready to play in 72 hours. Your teammate is still in ICU. I don't know how you balance this. And if you're the NFL... You're in a lose-lose situation. No matter what you do with this, you lose. I'm, I'm waiting. A nice Barks root beer. Yeah. No caffeine. Late night. Just need a little pick. Actually, Barks does have caffeine. Oh, boy. We're going to be in trouble. <laughs> I thought we I thought, move on. Oh. <laughs> but again, it's just questions upon questions upon questions. That literally nobody has an answer to. That's the problem. We don't know. Okay? Again, we're not trying to be insensitive with the situation. Yeah. There are so many things left unanswered. And honestly, I don't know if we're going to get them. Like, I don't know when. when. And here's the other thing. When, if you do say, hey, you guys have to play this. When? When? Like, games are done Sunday night. Playoffs start Saturday. So, let's put ourselves... In the NFL's shoes, Josh. In my mind, you have to make this game up at some point. I don't think you can. So this is... Unless... Hear me out. Okay. All right? This is my proposal to the NFL. You play the game... And you push the playoffs back a week. Yeah, I mean, I think that's... Because of the Pro Bowl week. You don't need it. You don't need it anymore. Cancel the Pro Bowl. Which they did. They're not playing a game anymore. It's all skills comp. So, yeah, you lose that, like, Super Bowl week. Yeah, but isn't that the worst week in football? Festivities where you have nothing that, like, I feel like, because you're not going to move the Super Bowl. No. You're not going to move... And you're not going to make either one of these teams play on a short week. But then, then do you have to bump all the NFC stuff back too? Oh, absolutely. I think you bump the entire playoffs back a week. But the problem is then you're giving all these teams a bye week. Well, not only that, the TV contracts that have already been made. I And that that's where... I just what what do you, I, I think the they missed out on an opportunity to play this game like to de- tonight. Yeah. Um I get it with the whole situation that's tough. If you would have played it tonight, played the game, you know, gave them Thursday, fr- Friday, Saturday, Sunday, played the game on um Monday. Monday night. Both, whoever, you know... Really, at that point, it's no different than a Sunday going into a Thursday night game. Right. But, again, 
I don't know with this high level. And again, I I don't envy the NFL. But I think if you're the NFL, you have to have a decision made by tomorrow. Yeah. I You have to. I mean, you can't make a decision on this Saturday. Right. And then expect, I mean, travel, TV contracts, getting people to places they need to go. Venue scheduling. Right. I th- There's so much... That's going into this. And now, let's look at the AFC playoff picture as a whole. Because this thing is a mess. It is an absolute mess. So right now, you have Kansas City as the one. Buffalo is the two. Cincinnati is the three. Jacksonville's the four. Great. Fine. LA's the five. Baltimore's the six. Where it gets fun is with the four and the seven. So let's talk the four and the seven. Right now the four is going to be the winner of the Jaguars-Titans game. Right. Whoever wins that... Gets a home playoff game. Gets a home playoff game. If it's the Titans, it's a crime. Anyways, <laughs> let's, let's, let's start having some fun here, Christian. Okay. Because we like fun. Let's say that the Bills beat the Patriots. Okay. And let's say, then, that the Dolphins beat the Jets. At that point, the Dolphins are your seventh seed. But, should the Jets beat the Dolphins, (laughs) then Pittsburgh, please stand up. If you beat the Browns, then you're in. I am telling you, Josh. But... If the Titans beat the Jaguars, the Jets beat the Dolphins, and the Browns beat the Steelers, then the Jaguars are the seventh seed. What? So there is a world that the a- the AFC, AFC South, South house two teams in the gets AFC. two teams in the playoffs, both at eight and nine. So there is a world that truly, if the Titans win, again, the Titans have to win. The Titans either win and in or they're not in at all. But if the Titans win and then the Browns beat the Steelers, the Bills beat the Patriots, the Jets beat the Dolphins, both Jacksonville and Tennessee gets in the game. It, that's insane to think about, right? That Jacksonville still has life after Saturday night if they don't win. Correct. That is a crazy world to it, think of. But it's not that crazy because the Jets could beat the Dolphins. Absolutely. The Steelers could beat the Browns. Absolutely. The Browns could beat the Steelers. Yep. And we're so we're really going to have an answer on the AFC... Playoff picture by noon on Saturday. Be- Sunday. On Sunday, that's yes. right. Because all of those teams, and I'm guessing again that is on purpose, that Buffalo, New England, Miami, New York, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, all play at, at noon. So now all of a sudden, you really... Pittsburgh, I am telling you right now, there's a good chance Pittsburgh makes it into the playoffs. Yeah. Now, let's have some more fun. Okay. 
Tennessee beats the Jags. Okay. New England beats Buffalo. Okay. Cincinnati beats Baltimore. The Patriots are the seven. Cincinnati's the two. Baltimore slides all the way to three. Tennessee at the four. You mean Buffalo? Buffalo's the three. Tennessee is the four. You could set up a second playoff weekend matchup of Cincinnati and Buffalo at Cincinnati. After everything that just happened on Monday night, there is a very real world where your second round playoff game, your AFC divisional round playoff game, is Cincinnati and Buffalo in in Cincinnati. I don't understand. Like, this whole playoff picture is absolutely out of control. And if I'm the NFL, you know what I'm doing? I'm smiling. Right, because so much of this week is meaningful. It's almost every single game has meaning to it. Outside of one, two, three... Four. Yeah, I mean, even... And so, like, then if Baltimore wins. And, I mean, this this playoff machine is one of the best inventions ever. So, if the Broncos somehow beat the Chargers, and then the Ravens beat the Bengals, then the, the Ravens are going to jump to the five seed, and the Chargers are going to drop to the six seed. So, then Baltimore gets to play Tennessee, and L.A. has to go to Cincinnati. Like, every... Almost every single game, Holds significant playoff meaning this week. Right. Every single one. And the NFL just has to be sitting back and going, this is week 18 gold. Again, with the caveat of... A a game that is to be determined. And it's all, again... It's going... This week is going to be played with a shadow. Of what happened Monday night. But if you look at it from a week 18 lens. This is the best ending week of football we've had. You know. Right. Ever. Because of all the moving moving pieces. Yep. So. Do you think. That the NFL is waiting to see how this week plays out. To decide. If the I think the Buffalo Cincinnati game is going to have meaning regardless. If Kansas City wins against against the Raiders, the game's got to be played because Buffalo holds a tiebreaker against Kansas City for the one seed. If Buffalo beats New England, yeah, and Baltimore's got or Cincinnati's got to take care of business against Baltimore, right? Like that's a meaningful game too. Right. So I I think maybe you might see, I don't know. I'm sure the NFL has some idea of which way they're trending. We're not privy to any of that information. No one really is. Um, I I mean, and I've been looking at. Oh, just all day. On Twitter, just waiting for. Something, some sort of news to pop up. And, I mean, it's just as of right now, the NFL's kind of slow playing all this, which I think they should. 
Right. But I re- I think slow play this, talk with the teams, talk talk with all parties involved and come to the right decision for everyone involved. Because the one thing you don't want to do is rush in to a decision and have it play out unwell. Yeah. Okay, I I think we've covered the playoff picture. I mean, I'm sure some will tell well, you didn't talk about this particular. Okay, we're, we're going off of if some butts are candies and nuts here, folks. Like we we don't really have a clear picture on this yet. All we know is that there's still lots of questions to be answered, and there is not a better way to go into week 18 than with a whole lot of questions right. left to be answered. Let's talk about your team real quick. Okay. Yeah, it's it could be real quick. Um, smart decision this week. Yes. Benching Justin Fields. There, I texted you. There was a hit that he took. Helmet to helmet, yeah. He got hit helmet to helmet, and then someone also came in from the other side. And at that point, I texted you, and all I said was, they have to get him out. Right. Yep. And I think that this is the best decision. Uh, your team's beat up. A meaningless game against the Vikings for us. Now, if there was a playoff machine, there's also a NFL draft order machine. <laughs> if the Titans... Or sorry, the Texans beat the Colts on Sunday, which Josh, not outside of the realm of possibilities. If the Texans beat the Colts and the Bears lose to the Vikings, the Bears are on the clock and have the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. All of a sudden, Josh... There is going to be a hot market for that pick. Yeah. There it is going to turn into the housing market of COVID. Yes. Where you have to overbid because there's somebody that is trying to outbid you because there are so many teams that need a quarterback. Mm -hmm. And this is the draft to go out and get your guy. And if you have the number one pick, guess what, Josh? You're going to get your guy. Yeah. Regardless of the situation. So, my dream scenario is for the Texans to win this week, the Bears to lose, Bears get the number one overall pick. Then we come to April. The Bears trade back to like three or four. And then trade back again. To like six or seven, and have multiple first round picks this year, multiple first round picks next year, and there is a world where that can happen. Here, here's my thing with the Bears. They don't need a quarterback. No. Where they do need help is the front seven on their defense. Right. Guy out of Alabama, Will Anderson Jr. He's a playmaker. I don't know if he's around either him, Jalen Carter from Georgia. Like th- those are the two guys who I think if you're the Bears, 
you have to be guaranteed one of them. one of those two guys. Right. So if you can maybe drop down and get that with pick three, great. Pick four. But like you have to be able to guarantee one of those some two. help on the defensive side of the ball with that first pick. Oh, I would agree 100%. The goal is to trade back from one to four. To me, that would be ideal. Because there's going to be three quarterbacks back to back to back. Or at least two quarterbacks and then one of those guys. And then the other guys that are waiting for you. And, and obviously, like, we'll, we'll be able... We'll do, like, an NFL draft preview. Once all of this gets sorted out, there's still lots of questions on that front. But I think the Bears have to make defense a priority in this draft. Yep. And in free agency, that's where you go get your weapons. Because your defense is going to be a complete rebuild. Right. Round up. Right. Complete rebuild. The offense, you have the pieces in place. Today, they uh, secured St. Brown for another year. Yep. You have Claypool for another year. Mooney. You have Mooney. You have Justin. You have... Herbert. Herbert. Like, you have those five. You have the base there, but that defense right. so, needs a lot of work. And I think that that's where you're going to see the Bears go out and get a big name free agent. At the defensive line position or a, a linebacker. I, I think you're going to see them sign someone, multiple guys, on the defensive side of the ball. And then you're going to see them piece together a really good offensive line. And then we'll be... I think the Bears secondary is fine. The Bears secondary is taken care of. Those young guys played phenomenal this year. It's the fact that the Bears probably have the least amount of quarterback rushes in the NFL... The least amount of sacks. They they don't put any pressure on the quarterback because they have nobody that can get to the quarterback. Yeah. So, to me, I, I think the Bears spend a lot of money in that defensive line in the offseason. Um, but it would be really cool to get the first pick and try to get an absolute haul for it. Oh, yeah. Because, again, you don't have to have a number one draft. Like, you have Justin. I, that's what you're building around. Right. Um, so, I mean, overall, Fields, what he has a strained hip. It's not worth it. Right. Uh, we get a Peterman experience on Sunday. But, again, I, it is what it is. Would you call this year, last question, would you call this year for the Bears a success on the fact that they – Officially know that they have their quarterback. I still have significant questions about Justin Fields. As a pocket quarterback. I think he is athletic enough. I still have my... Now, again... The hard part for me is that I look as a whole as what he has to work with. The offensive line wasn't great. The weapons weren't great. His numbers weren't great. And that's where I'm like, okay, maybe a full year, get him a full training camp with Claypool, all of that. I still have questions on his ability to make throws 
especially in the clutch. Like that's where I'm at. Like I, he still has not led a game-winning drive in a year and a half in the NFL. That like that's where my worry is. Do I think he's athletic enough to play in the NFL? Absolutely. Do I think part of the problem this year has been that he hasn't had anyone to throw to? Absolutely. Do I still have very, very real concerns about Justin Fields, the act, the quarterback? Yes, I do. I don't. I I think that the reason that he's not, he doesn't have that pocket presence is because he can't. He can't stay in the pocket because he's going to get murdered every right. single game. And, and again, that's why I'm sitting here, and I didn't say that I have doubts, so I have questions. Because I don't know if they've been able to be answered yet. I still think he's going to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I think he can... He has made passes this year that you go, oh yeah, this guy's going to be tough. Right, but every quarterback makes one or two. Here's where my biggest concern comes in. So Justin Fields has played in 15 games this year. He's only thrown for 2,242 yards. That is, like, you look at some of the names who have thrown for more. Davis Mills has played in less games and thrown for more yards. Andy Dalton has played in less games and thrown for more yards. Ryan Tannehill has played in less games and thrown for more yards. Kyler Murray, the same thing. And I know the question is then, like, okay, but the weapons, I get that. I'm saying that that's part of the problem, but numbers don't lie. And that's where my main concern is with him. You only have a 60% completion rate. You have less than 2,500 yards, and you played the majority of the year. Could that be fixed by getting some more weapons for him, firming up that offensive line? Sure. But when you are still behind the likes of Jacoby Brissett, Ryan Tannehill, Andy Dalton, Davis Mills. I I just, I still have questions when those are the guys that you're behind. I'm not saying that he's not going to be better next year. Right. I think he will. But when those are the guys that you're behind, like you have to answer the question then. And this is year three for you. This is year three. You have, he has to take a step forward. I want to see that 3,000 yard mark. For him next year. I don't think that's unreasonable to ask. Right. The 3,000 yard mark, you're looking at 200 a game. Mm -hmm. I want to see that completion rate up more 65 to 70 range. Right. Like those are the numbers that you need to see improve. And also, we got to let him throw the ball more than 11 times a game. Right. Like you can't have three completions on 11 attempts for 22 yards. Right. Anymore. Again, could that be a victim of circumstance? Absolutely. Right. But I like next year has to be a huge step forward for Justin Fields. Yeah, I'm ho- I, my hope is that it's a year two. I call it a year two jump. Technically, it's his third year, but I call his first year a throwaway year. I really do. With Nagy in that situation, it was a nightmare. Um, 
I think year three, he makes a jump like Hurts did in his third yeah. year. I mean, listen, he's the sixth leading rusher in all of football. So we know he can play at the NFL level, but what? how does that translate into a quarterback? Right. So, but again, huge offseason. You got to get him some more weapons to throw to. Yeah, you got to firm. But again, I think that defense is a much bigger problem than the offensive side of the ball. Right. The Packers are the hottest team in the NFC. It's something right now, man. I'm telling you right now, as much as it pains me, as much as it hurts me, as much as it's going to make me mad. The Packers are the team in the NFC right now. If you beat Detroit and you get into the playoffs, I don't care. The only team that if you're the Packers, you do not want to see in the first round is the San Francisco 49ers. And there's a real chance that that happens. Correct. And I think best case scenario for the Packers, the Packers win, the Giants win. The 49ers win. Because then you go to Philly. Yeah. That that's best case scenario. Um I, man. I think best case scenario you find a way to find yourself in Minnesota. No, I don't not again. If you gotta play them divisional round, fine. I don't wanna play a team I hate playing a team three times. When I was a coach, I hated playing teams three times. Oh, I agree, I agree. Um, yeah, and I don't know if I want to play Minnesota at Minnesota after you shut down Justin Jefferson and, completely. And not just, like, you disrespected that entire franchise. Now, that's I, that was the most fun that I've had watching a Packers regular season game. Probably since 4th and eight. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Are you back on the Rodgers train now? How can you not be? So here, here's the thing about this, though. This was not a game that was won because of Aaron Rodgers. I agree. But do I, but so do you have that success without him? Here's, here's my question, though. And I had this conversation with a fellow Packer fan. Sure, Rodgers now all of a sudden, look at that, what he said in the press conference. He's being a great team leader, uh, this, that, and the other. Where was this when you're, you know, foreign set? Where was this? Like, well, and I, I always have said, it's really easy to lead a team when, when you're winning. Good. I think where, and, and so this defense over the last five weeks, really, has transformed into an absolute unit. Yeah. I mean, while they didn't shut down Tyreek Hill, they contained Tyreek Hill. Yep. They shut down Justin Jefferson. Yeah. They shut down Dalvin Cook. They shut down Adam Thielen. I, I think that... Aaron Rodgers is... I don't know if I'm like back on the Rodgers train more so than I think 
hey, I think these draft picks that we've made the last couple of years, you get them healthy, you give a team a chance to play. That's the other thing. I would love to see what the Packers' record is this year with all of their pieces actually playing on the same field at one time. Because the thing has been, since the very beginning of the year, they haven't played as a full one unit. Right. Well, it takes you some time to put a unit together for that unit to get comfortable playing with each other. Right. And so maybe is this what, if they would have been healthy all along, this is what you have. Because you look, Cobb made big plays. Lazar right. was great, not just in pass or in run block, but running routes. Watson eventually got open. Uh, big Dog has been playing well. And so you look at this and you're like, May? is there something here? This team is very, very similar to the 2010 team that won the Super Bowl. And I know that I don't want to put that thought in your head. But the 2010 team did not win any of those games strictly on the right arm of Aaron Rodgers. That defense, if people were to go back and look at that 2010 Packers team, that defense was the catalyst for their run. It's what won them the Super Bowl. This defense... What Jair is doing, Rasul's playing huge, Adrian's playing huge, you're getting healthy up front again. Right. It, it, it was a total team effort. Run the ball. Right. That, Run and, the ball, And man. we've been saying that all season long. I mean, AJ and Aaron would be ones almost anywhere else in the NFL. And you got them both. Run the ball. Then connect on your seven or eight yard passes, control the tempo of the game, win the turnover battle, and this team's tough to beat. Mm-hmm. I that's just that's where they are. But man, it to watch that Viking team unravel. Yeah, uh, I mean Justin Jefferson assaulted a referee in all facets of the game. They just looked inept. I they, mean, and and the thing is too. 14 points were on a pick six and a kick return. So it's 14 to three, and the Packers hadn't scored an offensive touchdown. Right. And at one point, I mean, 41 3. It's just, you got beat, man. Right. I just, I worry about Sunday. I worry about Sunday. I. I think there's no chance that Green Bay loses this game. Not in Lambeau. Not against the Lions. It's just not going to happen. Not going to happen. No, I... It's not. Right, but how many of those games have the Rodgers lost in the last couple of years, though? all of the calls at home. He didn't get any calls on Sunday. You didn't need any calls on Sunday. That's true. I'm just telling you, Josh. Green Bay is the seventh seed in the NFC playoffs. I will tell you this: the ticket prices for this game, yeah, have jumped exponentially. Oh, I bet it's a playing game. Like three weeks ago, you could get in for forty-five bucks. 
the cheapest ticket now is $153 before fees. So, I mean, it's... Yep, it's... It's one of those, men where, you know, Roger says, like, hey, we're not dead. Kind of like when he said, hey, we could run the table. Next thing you know, they went from, I think at that point they were 5-6 and six when he said run the table, and they ended the year 10-6. and six. Where this year you're 4-8, and eight, you're down by 9 in the fourth quarter to the Bears. And you finish nine and eight and in the playoffs. Right. If that happens, I don't know. I will gladly say I was wrong. Because I mean four and eight, we were dead. Absolutely dead. Right. And it's been a fun last couple weeks. Again, you gotta take care of business against the Lions. You do that, you just want a chance. You just want in. And you would have played yourself in. So I still can't get over the Vikings, though. How bad they looked. I mean, are they set up for that first round? I Absolutely. I think them and... If it's them, if it's Philly... I said it weeks ago, Josh. Remember weeks and weeks and weeks ago, I told you Philly was primed and ready for a second weekend exit if they get the first round by. I told you that. We can go back and look at the tape. I told you. And I'm telling you right now, you will not see the Minnesota Vikings or the Philadelphia Eagles playing in the NFC Championship game. Okay, so I'm going to run this to you right now. Yep. A world where the following happens. If the Giants beat the Eagles... That puts Dallas as the two, Minnesota as the three, Tampa as the four. I could see a world, Christian, because the Packers have already beat the Cowboys once. I think the Giants could beat the Vikings. Then the Eagles would beat Tampa Bay, where you have the one, five, six, and seven as your last four teams in the NFC. It's a world it's the world that we could very well be waking up to in two weeks. We're also waking up in a world Christian where I think No it's fight. Over. Shakira, Shakira. I don't I don't know how to say this kindly. My picks have stunk. My picks have lied this I, year. I think, though, really, you look at your last couple weeks 11 and 4, 10 and 6. You know, you had one bad week at 7 and 6. Otherwise, you averaged <laughs> nine wins a week. Oh, that's a lie. Week 10 was 4 and 9. Yeah, like there were just some weeks where. Ten and five, ten and four. Like, really, Josh, I have just been on another level for the last three weeks. Yeah, I mean, I texted you at the end of that noon hour 
on Sunday, and I'm like, you just went nine and one. And the fact that you called that New Orleans Philly, I bravo to you. I I told you, dude. I just have seen something in Philly the last couple weeks. I called that. I called New England beating Miami. Uh huh. I called Seattle beating the Jets. Yeah. The only one I missed on was Washington beating Cleveland and Minnesota. That was the biggest miss of the weekend. And we both missed on Baltimore. Yeah, and uh, Kenny Pickett for a second here, uh, dude might be the real deal. Oh, for sure. Um, no doubt. But week 18, we're, we're going to do something a little different this week. You are going to pick first. Yeah, that's it, it has to be that. Way. You are going to pick first. Yep. Um, starting out Kansas City at Vegas. Um, again, huge game for KC. Huge. I No meaning for Vegas. I who who's their starting quarterback? I is Devontae wanting to come back? He, he says he does. But does he? Uh I'm going Kansas City in this one. Uh just no doubt. Yeah, common sense has Kansas City. Uh the AFC South Championship game. I gotta go with Jacksonville. I, I've said that they're the best team in the AFC for weeks now. Um gotta gotta win. Yes, there is a world in which you can get in with a loss, but I think it would be a very cool situation for Trevor Lawrence, Doug Peterson to get into that playoffs, get a home playoff game for Jacksonville, and I, I that's just what I see happening. Mom, I, I want to pick your Titans. I really do. They're just nowhere. They're nowhere. Jacksonville. So are you like keeping in your head like I got to, there's got to be five or six that I pick different. Right. But I mean at the same time, I. You got to. You have to. But you then, play to win. I know you do. But there are also like, there are some games this week where like I'm not picking the Cardinals over the 49ers. I'm not going to pick the Commanders over Dallas. I'm not picking the Rams over the Seahawks. Like, like you're. I mean, I'm getting. I'm giving away my picks here, but there are just certain games that you're not going to pick a certain way. Right. So, I assume you're taking the Vikings over the Bears. Yeah. Go okay. Vikings. Go. Give us a chance at that first round pick. This next one, again, huge implications, Baltimore and Cincinnati. By the way, Josh said he's going skull. The skull clappers. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm rolling with Cincinnati here. Uh, I, I think this is one of the best teams in the AFC. I really hope that what happened Monday night does not affect them. Um, for people calling off T. Higgins, just stop. It- is a football play, bro. Just stop. Um, Especially because he's going to come to the Bears next year. Just stop. Uh, Give me Cincinnati. This is one that I'll go Baltimore. I think Baltimore has a lot to play for. Um, I like Baltimore's defense. They can get hot, maybe. But this is, again, one of those where I'm like, okay, I could see a world that Baltimore beats Cincinnati. I'll take Baltimore. Okay. 
Uh, Tampa at Atlanta. I'm going. Uh, you go first. Well, I'm going Tampa Bay because Todd Bowles has said originally he wasn't going to sit his players, but he's kind of backtracked on it. Uh, I don't think it matters who plays. I think Tampa Bay is the better football team. I'll take Atlanta on this one. Uh, yeah, Tampa is the better team. They have nothing to play for. Atlanta playing for pride at home. Sure, it's a world. Fine. Uh, Buffalo and New England. Yeah, give me Buffalo. Uh, I think this is going to be the most emotional football game you will ever see in your entire life. Um, you're going to see a lot of threes in the stand. You're going to see a lot of threes on helmets, on jerseys. Um, I... I don't know if you've seen this or not, but his jersey is the highest-selling jersey in sports right now. So, that's fantastic. And I think that's based on Fansly or whatever uh, whatever that website, fan, fans, whatever. Uh, but what a... What a situation. Buffalo going home to play a, a football game. It's going to be emotional. But I have Buffalo in the game. Yeah, I'm taking Buffalo. Houston and the Colts. Go Texans. Go. Give me the Texans. Uh, I'm going to take the Colts. Um... I think the Texans will play no one. And I think the Colts won the football game. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Go to the Dolphins. Again, this game, there is a world where... I don't know. Is there a world where the Jets make the playoffs? Nope. They're, no. they're out. They are out. So the, are. the Dolphins have everything to play for. Mm-hmm. Especially for the Dolphins. Doesn't matter what happens. Um, you win. win. And New England loses. And you're in. So? I'm going Miami. Uh, I think they, with the weapons they have on the outside, their defense is playing good enough. I'm going with Miami. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Uh, Carolina and Nolens. Um, is this the only game that has zero playoff implications? On both sides? On both sides. I w- um, T- Tampa Tam- Atlanta technically doesn't. Right. So, yeah. So, basically, the AFC South doesn't matter. Yep. Or the NFC South doesn't matter. Shocker. So, with that being said, I'm rolling with Carolina. Hey, I think New Orleans, uh, hot off of the uh, Philly upset, feeling that mojo a little bit there. Uh, Give me Andy Dalton Saints. Okay. Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Again, a world where the Steelers are alive. Yeah, and for that reason and that reason only, I'm rolling with the fighting Kenny Pickett's. I like it. I like it. Uh, I, I'm going to go with you on that one. Yeah. Um, my boss, huge Steelers guy. Give him a little positive mojo there. 
Chargers going into Denver. Go, Chargers, go. Give me the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, I think you got to take the Chargers there. And Christian, for the last time in the regular season, it is now time to fly, Eagles, fly, on the road to victory. Give me the Eagles. Huge game. Yeah, I'm, I'm rolling with the Eagles. I think if Hurts is back, uh, New York really has nothing to play for. Um, you cannot lose your sixth seed. You're locked into that sixth seed. Give me Philly. Yeah, I got to take Philly too. Cardinals at the Niners. Yep, give me San Francisco, the fighting CMCs. Seattle and the Rams. You're going San Francisco too? Yeah. I want to pick the Rams. I want to pick the Rams just on the basis of I want that Sunday night game to be just electric. But I don't think it's going to be. I think it's going to be Seattle. I don't think Detroit's going to end up having anything to play for. Not so fast, my friend. The Rams... Play for pride, not prize. Seattle's looking ahead. They don't take care of business. The Rams come in. They shut down the 12th man. Rams win the football game. Dallas. Next one. Yeah, Dallas has just, an opportunity to win the division. Um, this game, I think, is being played at the same window of time as Philly. Yes, so they will be both playing for something. Give me Dallas. I'm also taking Dallas. Which sets up the game of the week. Lambeau Field, the most historic setting in all of football. Under the lights. Let's do a quick check on what the weather will be on Sunday night in Green Bay, Wisconsin. The forecast for Sunday in Green Bay, 32 degrees. What's the low? 24 a 10 mile an hour wind. You'll be looking at a real feel somewhere in the 20 degree range for kickoff. Mr. Lemke, make your pick. I, so, I said it earlier in the show that the Green Bay Packers are one of the hottest teams in the NFC right now. And I am rolling with that in hopes of my Packer pick Jinx to come back into play. Give me the Packers. I it's one of those where you're like everything has gone right except for like that last thing. And, and I told myself, I'm not going to buy like I'm not going to get this way. I'm not going to buy in. I'm not going to put my heart out there just to have it get ripped out. And stomped on again by a lackluster performance by Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. 
unfortunately, I have lost that self-control. And I've bought in. I still think the Lions find a way to win this football game. God, you're such a... I I just... Well, okay. Why do I think that the Lions are going to win this football game? Like, do do you want to know why? When was the last time that... Because, all right, you can say everything you want to about, oh, well, like the last three games have been playoff games. Okay, fine. This is legitimately a playoff game. When was the last time Aaron played well in a playoff game at home? He really didn't play well Sunday. He managed the game. You are going to have to outscore Detroit. I don't know if we can right now. <laughs> I I just couldn't live with myself if I didn't like if the Bears were playing this game. I'm picking the Bears. I am okay, but again, heart and head are two completely different things for me. My heart is my heart is my head. Right, mine is not. I just I just See, what you want to be able to do is make fun of me when they lose. I know, and this is your... You do this all the time. And you block <laughs> it. You do. Every single time the Packers have this type of situation, okay, right, but you pick the against them so that I cannot come at you because you then come no. at me with the... I told you so. I picked but Detroit. Still, but still, like this, it will just be another... Long line of, hey, you know that quarterback that's like thinks he's all world that your franchise has completely bowed down to? Hey, he choked again. This is what Rodgers does. Okay, so here's the last question. The question before we give our... Well, let's give our locks of the week real quick. And then I'm going to give you the question of all questions to end the pod. Okay. Lock of the week for me is the Green Bay Packers at minus four and a half. <laughs> all right. Um, my lock of the week this week, um, I like Jacksonville, uh, to beat Tennessee by a touchdown. I honestly don't know if Tennessee will score a touchdown this week, so I like Jacksonville there. Okay. Okay. The question of all questions. To end the regular season on the pod. Sunday night football. Yes. 10.30 at night. Seattle loses to the Rams. Detroit clinches a playoff spot in Lambeau Field. Rodgers walks off the field. Is that the last time Rodgers puts on a Packer uniform? Boy, that's a question. I I think you make the playoffs, you get Aaron back for sure without a question for another season. If you miss it out, miss out on it, and he loses to the Lions at home. Yeah. When is enough enough in these type of games? You know what I've said. I've said from the beginning, and I went back and I listened last week because you asked me, like, well, have you changed your tune about Rodgers? 
And I said, like, I'm still ready for Jordan Love. It's great that Aaron Rodgers is part of a winning football team this year. But he's not the one winning us these games. Yeah. And so, honestly, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something right now. You're going to call me crazy. That's fine. I think the Green Bay Packers moving forward are fine with Jordan Love as the quarterback or with Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback. I think either way they're fine. Will there be a transition period and will they take a step back if Jordan Love's the quarterback? Yes, I do. But if you keep this defensive core intact, if you keep this run game intact, you don't need a world-beater quarterback. Look at Aaron's numbers this year. They're not good for Aaron Rodgers. Right. They're very pedestrian, middle-of-the-road quarterback numbers. If you lose at home, to Detroit, then you will you would have run a train of three straight NFC Championship game losses. Two of those were at home. A home loss to the 49ers last year. No, sorry. You would have lost... Did they lose three NFC Championships? No. They lost two NFC Championship games in a row. One at home to Tampa Bay. You would have lost last year at home to the 49ers in the first round of the playoffs. And you would lose this at home to Detroit. At some point, Aaron's got to be able to win the big games. And if you can't, this would be strike four. Normally, it's three strikes and you're out. Mm -hmm. This would be strike four. And there's a long list. Whether it's the 2011-2012 team that went 15-0, lost, and then they lost to the Giants in the playoffs. Whether it's kind of the choke job in the second half against the Seahawks in 14. Like, there will just be a long list of he hasn't gotten the job done. And this would just be another one on there. And that's why, man, like, yeah, they're playing so great. But, like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three, four, five, six, seven times. Like, at some point, it's not a pattern. It's what happens. Right. And that's, like, I want with all of my being for this Packers thing to work out. I do. I want them to win on Sunday. And I will gladly admit I was wrong. But this just has a feeling. Like, last year, I was so confident that they were going to beat the 49ers. The year before that, I was like, dude, Tampa, like, Tampa's got to come up here. It's going to be freezing cold. Tom Brady can't do that. And, then like, I was so confident in these playoff games that I'm like, okay, let's take a step back here. Rodgers can, rev- you know, kind of go back. I, th- I just have a really bad feeling that you played so well on Sunday a little bit of a hangover. But. Because the whole world is saying there's no way the Packers lose this game. The whole world is saying it, Christian. The same thing they said about the 49ers last year. There's no way the Packers are going to do that again. LeFleur and Rodgers learned their lessons. We couldn't even punt the football last year. You have not? Listen here, Skip Bayless. You haven't answered my question yet. Do I think it's the last time Aaron Rodgers? If the situation, as I said, played out. 
Also, never ever call me Skippy. <laughs> ever. Like, I will walk off and just be like, we're done podcasting forever. I just wanted, I just knew if I said that, I I, I would have full attentive, yeah. <laughs> you know. But if the situation plays out yeah. and the Lions beat the Packers and the Packers are out of the playoffs, I think Aaron Rodgers retires at the podium. You do. If you go back and you watch his interview with McAfee on Tuesday, he starts talking a lot about well-being, legacy, you know, you want to be able to walk, you want to be able to do this, you want to be able to do that. It's a different tone. And I just don't know how much more he wants to do it. Because we talked earlier in the year that that competitive fire... Wasn't there all the time. Well, it's easy to have the competitive fire when you're winning. Right. But if all that competitive fire then gets let down, the Lions of all teams send you home. The fan base will have turned at that point. If the Packers lose this game, you're going to see a massive turn of this fan base. So when we talk next week... If the Green Bay Packers lose, Aaron Rodgers will no longer be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. And you are moving on to the legacy to Jordan Love. of Jordan Love. I think so. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, you are about to witness one of the most fantastic weekends of football. How great is it? But at the end of this podcast, I think it's only fitting that we, again... Send our hope. All of this is second nature. That that this we sit back, we have enjoyed talking football. This is one of our longest pods of the year. But we sit back and we think of the situation that took place on Monday. And that for a young man at the age of twenty four is fighting for his life. Is getting. It seems like he is getting better. Mm-hmm. Things are on the up and up. Demar Hamlin is a is a a son. He is a teammate. He is a man. We think of him. Yep. All that he is going through, and we pray. That later on this week we get great news that he's being able to breathe on his own and that we see increased signs of life. Yeah. So, from us at LR Weekly to you. Last regular season pot of the year. Last one of the year. Sit back, relax. And enjoy the football.